Hi folks, Jake here, America's second favorite host of the podcast, Super Duper Stitches. I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is that there's no new episode this week. It's my fault, I had a whole bunch of job change stuff and couldn't make the time, and I'm sorry. The good news is that we're going to give you another peek behind the paywall at one of our Patreon bonus minisodes. Wyatt has begun a creepypasta dramatic reading project with an ever-increasing set of strict and specific rules. This minisode drops you right into the middle of that, and it's only going to get better from here, and I think you're going to like it. Now, we talk every week about the great stuff on our Patreon, so hopefully this little taste will entice you. If not, ask other listeners about our brand new and super awesome Discord server. Also, consider joining soon to be one of our first 100 patrons and get a goddamn Belgian beer glass with our logo on it. Anyway, we'll be back with normal stuff next week. Love you. Bye. Yeah, I resume recording. All right. No, I have resume recording. Ah, here we are <laughs> in in the zone. The mini-sode zone. Not to be I confused with auto zone. weirdly so, for some reason. Oh, you did. Okay. I That's just not your problem. That's I've, a me problem. Ah, I see. What mini-sode is this? <laughs> this is mini-sode... Hold on, hold on. Published. <laughs> oh, dear God. 28. It's at episode number 28. 28. Thank you so much for uh, for supporting us on this here uh, the Patreon. We really do appreciate we it. We do. Um, we're just coming out of recording our final episode of August Around the World, Kawa Kenya. And as I'm sure is fresh, actually, Take it back a minute. You're hearing this, but this is after the Russia episode. Oh, that's right. So never mind. We didn't just do what we did, but you're hearing. Anyway, hi. Hi, guys. Episode 28th, even number where I think I'm first. Go on with your bad self. Now I've done, uh, depending, I guess, yeah, because you haven't heard this, it's coming up before the other one. I don't know if I've done too much Phantom of the Chicago or not enough. (laughs) I was Depending on who do you it. ask. Yeah. Um, Too much. <laughs> so I was thinking about perhaps doing uh, a different bit of my bullshit, which is... Uh, oh, this Some is Some kind long. of ghoul. Yep. Oh, this is really this is good, but this is really long. I'll do this for an actual episode. Um, oh, okay. Let's see here. Ooh. Ooh. Boy. You know me, baby. It's always going to take me 15 minutes. <laughs> To make you come. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, here's a good account. I lived most of my life up to the age of fourteen. The end. Uh, in, the end, in yeah. Michigan, me lived in the Saint. Well, I think it, we lived in the Saint me. Joseph area. If anyone is familiar with it, anyway, my grandparents lived in the northern areas of Michigan, and we would regularly drive the four to five plus hour drive and go visit them either on the way to our lake house, which is a little further north, or just to see them. Hmm. lived in the middle of nowhere, you know? 25 minutes to town sort of thing. Both of their neighbors were a mile in each direction, and their property is huge. They live in a small trailer in the middle of the property. They have two pastures to each side of the property, and in the back they had miles of trails that would take you through the woods. My grandfather usually used this for hunting. Hmm. I was hitting golf balls from the front of the house into the pasture. I had all my balls and went to go collect them. I opened the gate and shut it behind me so none of the dogs could get out 
through, uh, could get through, and I walked around picking up balls. Classic. A couple of them went farther than normal, so I had to walk back behind the pasture area and into the woods. Mm. As I was walking, I could hear leaves being crushed, but they were like a little off from my steps. I kept hearing this weird noise come from behind me, kind of like a watery sound, I guess. Mm. It was like someone just got out of the shower and they were dripping wet. Mm-hmm. But this noise kept stopping and starting, so I just thought it was the sound it was the wind blowing water out of the trees. Hmm. I found my last ball and turned around to start walking back, and I saw something tallish move behind a tree. Hmm. I could tell it was taller than me, but didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. Being from Michigan, we've got our fair share of scary animals that would love to bite into your meaty flesh. Oh boy. But this was definitely not a wolf and could not have been a bear, so I kind of stood there frozen, just looking at the tree and bushes the thing was near. After a while, the thing started to creep out. It crawled out on its hands and legs. Ooh. At first, I saw its long, skinny arms, which it followed by uh, which followed by its head <laughs> it, it looked up and around and finally looked at me it crawled the rest of the way out and i could see the whole th- i could see the thing whole it had skinny arms like it hadn't eaten in a while dark looking skin that had a shine to it like it was <laughs> slimy arms the first place one loses weight right its body was just a mass of flesh it didn't Ugh. look to have a stomach or a chest. It was just kind of twisted up and misformed. Oh, its legs were just as long and fucked up looking as its arm, and both the thing's feet and hands were elongated. Mm. Not massively or anything, but you could tell it was longer than your average foot-slash-hand. Its, uh, <laughs> its head was the part I have a really hard time pinpointing down. It had eyes, <laughs> no hair, and had long mouth that w- a long mouth that wouldn't open. How do you know? I, I don't know. <laughs> the nose was just two holes. And it had a very long, exaggerated chin, but it kind of looked normal in a way. Sounds like a Chad. <laughs> it stared at me, and without opening its mouth, it made the sounds I had been hearing, which seemed to be made by its nose as the holes flared. Ugh. It started to walk around, not at me, but just around where it was. Then it, stuck up, uh, then it stood up on two legs. It's probably about six and a half feet tall. But its look and appearance made it look a lot scarier. Hmm. The thing moved its neck in an unnatural way, and then it looked at me. It was only about 25 yards away, way too close for comfort, but I was not going to move and have this creature charge me. All of a sudden, it just bolts right at me. Oh, no. I opened my eyes wide, just prepared myself, but it ran right by me and through the woods. I turned around, and sure enough, it just kept running. Hmm. Sometimes on all fours, sometimes on two legs. It, uh... Its run in both ways was unnatural. Its body contorted just looked so off. I ran out of the pasture and just shut the gate behind me again. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell my grandparents right away, but a couple months later I did. <laughs> this was in the summer of 2018. I didn't tell them until about fall of the same year. My, grandma, uh, my grandfather pulled me aside after I told him and asked me what it looked like exactly. I told him and he said he'd seen it before on the trails. No way. He didn't say any more uh, just for me not to be worried. I haven't really told anyone but my family and close friends about this, but I guess this, uh, that has changed now. This really messed me up for a, for a while. Scary thing is I've seen it after, several times, in different places. Never at my home, but anywhere up north. Even a lake cabin an hour away from my grandparents. This one was by far the scariest, though. I don't know, but does anyone have any possible thing it could be? Please help me figure this out. This took place about two years ago in Sheboygan County, Mich- uh, Michigan. Hmm. I'm most upset by the idea of continuously running into this thing. Yes. That would Why be... Why would you not call the authorities? Super unpleasant. 
trying to see where this was originally posted, and I am only finding it on Phantoms and Monsters. Oh, no. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Uh, uh. So depending on where this originally came from, story-wise, let's see. Uh, didn't say where he got it, like where he first found it. So hard to, because it's such a, like, it's not like, oh, I thought I saw a thing. It was really creepy. It's like very clearly looking straight at this monster creature. And uh, boy, it's scary. And it ran right past me. And I saw it a bunch of times afterward. And my grandfather had seen it before, too. The end. It, it's, it's tough to believe it, obviously. But, um, yeah, I want to know... <laughs> I want to know where this was originally posted to get a sense I of... I want to know! <laughs> get a sense of if this was even actually meant to be real or if this is just a, a work of creative fiction. Uh, yes. Hard to say. Creative fiction, by the way, makes me think, maybe it's time to just jump right into yours because, uh, you know, some good know, stuff out there. Life is short and this sowed is many. So, as you will know... I am now engaged in structure, <laughs> and that is now involving 10 rules. Oh. We have finished chapter one of our mini-sode structured series, mm-hmm. which was brought to you by Insert Propaganda here. We are now entering chapter two, which I think will be, at least for this first effort, brought to us by Karis Modo. Oh. The rules are... Number one, we are hearing this story for the first time. Number two, I'll set a timer for 15 minutes. Number three, at any point it's no longer fun, we'll assume the story ends there. I'll do a talk back. Just kidding. Number four, (laughs) if you decide it's still fun, I carry on. Number five, we add another rule every time I read an additional section. Number six, if and when Jake decides the story is no longer good and brings the gavel down, the episode will simply end and we will never speak of it again. <laughs> Number seven, anytime the word cicada is said, we must make a chittering sound. Number eight, whenever fuck is used in a way that seems excessive, we will pause and sigh. <sighs> Number nine, I will do at least two more stories, including this one, before we decide whether I go on with this mini-sode project or change it a tiny bit and still just do it anyway. And number 10, we reset the rules after rule number 30. Oh, God. <laughs> taking only the best five rules with us right. into a new rule-averse. I really thought you were going to say, like, maybe 20, 15, I don't know, but 30 rules. Okay. Well, you guys have something to look forward to. One of the future rules could be we ignore rule 10 (laughs) (laughs) and make it, you know, now, whatever. (laughs) That's part of the fun. And then for some reason, I wrote the word squeeze lemons, the phrase squeeze lemons. (laughs) What does this mean? I don't even remember. You did say last time that um, something about how you wanted to set aside like a, a right. I think you put insert propaganda here aside as a squeezed lemon like you you wrung everything you could oh, out of okay god damn thank you so much now, i don't know what oh, you want to do with that information I just remember you referring god. to them as such don't know wow that <laughs> that you have you know my mind better than i it's just because yes. i listened back through as i was just like doing the minor edits i do on the episode so i've heard it more recently than you have good god i'm so glad you brought me back okay so because that last one was in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. this one will be in Maine. <gasps> oh, birth date shit again. I forgot where we started with this. Yes. 
And I will get my timer set up here. Mm-hmm. Again, this is Karis Modo, entitled, I was a good sheriff. Oh, wow. I was a sheriff in Goody, Maine. Goody, Maine. Huh. So I'll admit, I'm a bit new to this Reddit thing. <laughs> <laughs> One sec. I got to get you back on screen. Here we go. But one of my kids pointed me to it, telling me I should talk about some of the things that happened to me back when I was still serving. Hmm. I spent some time reading a few stories on here, and I'll admit, there's a lot of admissions, it got me thinking back to the old days when I still worked in that backwater town. Oh, boy. So bear (laughs) with me now. I'm a cop by trade and no writer, but I'll do the best I can. (laughs) The first story that really springs to mind was my first particularly strange experience in a summer of 69. In a summer of 69. (laughs) This was before I became sheriff. You guys remember that uh, 69 was the year of multiple summers? Yes. They referred to it as the summers of 69. I'd been a good... I keep wanting to say good cop for some reason today. (laughs) I'd been a cop in Goody for about a year or so. Probably because Goody is the name of the town. Now, Goody was a small town up in northwest Maine, no more than about 800 souls living there Jesus Christ. when I was stationed. I say was, because if you go back, if you go up there today, about 10 or 12 miles east of Jackman, oh shit, I know where this is. Yeah. All you'll find is a bulldozed over plot. Mm. State bought the city for development of something or other, and then funding dried up. The. Oh, than funding up and dried out. But that's a whole other story, and I'm getting sidetracked. Referring to a town of 800 people as a city. So I was a young cop, or more of a deputy, really, since there were all but four of us in the station back then. It was me, Christian Woods, Mackey, and Sheriff Young. I remember it perfectly well. It was early Sunday morning, a little before folks were getting up for mass, when Sheriff Young knocked on my front door. I lived in a small one-room house, basically a refurbished log cabin on the outskirts of town from from when the pilgrims first came, and I can assure you, I was not yet up for church. (laughs) When I answered the door, Sheriff Young was staring at me with his usual sour look and told me to get my pants in my gun. Before I could ask what was going on, he'd already turn heeled back to his pickup. Whoa. I guess I should talk a bit about Sheriff Young. Despite the name, he was an old, mean, dried-up son of a bitch. But no one in town respected him more. His word was law, and he spoke it well. He'd been sheriff of Goody for about 30-odd years, and no one had seen more than him. And never once had I seen him break composure. That's why I knew something was wrong. When I sat next to him in his truck and halfway down the dirt road, he'd stuck a cigarette between his cracked lips and forgotten to light it. (laughs) Eventually, we pulled onto Main Street, then off it again. And that's when I figured out where we were going, the Paulson House. The Paulson House was one of the newer houses in Goody, built only ten years ago on Crossin' Hill by, you guessed it, the Paulson family. (laughs) Some rich city types come out to Goody to get away from it all. I shouldn't say that, actually. There were good folks. When we pulled up the gravel driveway, Mackie and Christian Woods were already there. 
talking to a frantic Mr. and Mrs. Paulson. They were a mess. Mr. Paulson was halfway into his Sunday best, and his wife was still in her nightgown. Both were wide-eyed and frantic, like they'd seen a ghost. I didn't see where their daughter was. Cindy, I think. Anyways, when we pulled up, the conversation was going something like this. His name was Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. (laughs) My favorite movie. (laughs) Do you even understand what it means? (laughs) Uh, the conversation was going something like this. Get in there and do something. My baby girl is sick. Mrs. Paulson was screaming at Mackie. (laughs) Poor Mackie looked totally overwhelmed. Get in there and do something about my daughter. She's not right. We need a, a doctor or a... That was when, uh, that was about when Sheriff Young interrupted and Mrs. Paulson went real quiet. He told Mr. and Mrs. Paulson to wait outside. The gestured for the three of us to follow him inside. We entered the house like it was a tomb. What's going on, Sheriff? I asked. Is something wrong with Cindy? Sheriff Young stopped halfway up the stairs and stared at me with his icy blue eyes. Best you see yourself. He said flatly. (laughs) Excuse me. Best you see yourself. He said flatly. (laughs) We went down. We went down the upstairs hall and into Cindy's bedroom. It struck me as a typical rich 17-year-old girl's room. You know how many of those you see? (laughs) Typical. (laughs) Posters of the Beatles, the Who, and so on, so forth. Fancy closets full of fancy clothes and a double bed all for herself, frills and all. Would have been perfectly normal if it wasn't for the fact that Cindy Paulson was lying flat as a board, two feet above her bed. Yeah, you heard me right. (laughs) I had to blink three times and kiss my cross before I could believe it. Cindy Paulson was floating above her bed. Blink her arms. Mm, No, blink again. Ah, Well, blink one more time. Well, no. And then he was like, "Okay, here we go." Then he's like, "Mm, mm, mm." (laughs) 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 "Oh my god, it's real!" (laughs) Exactly. Cindy Paulson was floating above her bed, her arms flat against her sides and her eyes staring straight up at the ceiling. Mackie shoved past the lot of us, running straight towards Cindy Paulson. You could just say her at this point, as if he was going to pull her down. Thank you. (laughs) Running straight towards Cindy Paulson as if he was going to pull Cindy Paulson down. (laughs) Sheriff Young stopped him cold. I'm going to just say Cindy Paulson from now on. Temporary rule. Never, nobody even nobody lay even a finger on Cindy Paulson. <laughs> she snarled. <laughs> All right. We cowered like we cowered like dogs. Last person we'd heard Sheriff Young talk like that to ended up with a bullet in the head. Jesus. What? Cindy Paulson. Cindy Paulson. This is Sheriff Young. He said slowly. This is Sheriff Young. He said slowly. Can you hear me? Cindy Paulson didn't say a word. Cindy Paulson just kept on floating. This is a very good temporary rule. I'm glad we both immediately (laughs) latched onto this as the way to go. 
He asked again. Cindy, if you can hear me, blink your uh, blink your eyes and move your fingers. I strained to get a look at Cindy Paulson's face. It sent a chill down my spine. Cindy Paulson's face was like a picture of someone you'd scared jumping out of a closet. The moment between being unaware and screaming. It was like any moment sh- Cindy Paulson would open her mouth and holler at the top of Cindy Paulson's lungs. <laughs> Her eyes were wide and Who's, afraid. Whose eyes? Cindy Paulson's eyes. <laughs> Thank you. We huddled in the doorway as Sheriff Young picked up the chair at Cindy Paulson's desk and prodded Cindy Paulson with it like he was taming a lion. Cindy didn't even move. Cindy was totally frozen in place. That was until Christian Woods spoke up. Sir, Cindy Paulson's going up. He was right. You couldn't tell from far away, but up close, Cindy Paulson was slowly but surely floating upwards toward the ceiling. <clears throat> I felt my stomach go ice cold. Sheriff Young barked his orders. We ran down to the trucks, grabbed all the straps we had on hand, and ran back upstairs, ignoring Mr. and Mrs. Paulson as they begged to know what was going on. By the time we got back, Cindy was now three feet above her bed. Not that high. We tossed two <laughs> straps across Cindy Paulson, one on Cindy Paulson's chest and one on her on Cindy Paulson's stomach. We all looked. We all took an end and started to pull. Little Cindy Paulson was built like a twig, and no more than five six. But it was like trying to pull down a barn rafter. It was unthinkable. <laughs> the four of us pulled and grunted and tried to force Cindy Paulson back down to the bed. But the harder we pulled, the harder Cindy Paulson seemed to resist. That's when I first heard it. It sounded like the whine of a beaten dog, low and piercing, but constant, like it was coming from a siren. It's Cindy Paulson, whispered <laughs> Christian Woods, his, wi- his eyes wide. Cindy's mouth, before closed in a silent scream, was open only slightly. That terrible whining sound was coming from inside Cindy Paulson's throat. Cindy was star- starting to rise faster. Pull harder for fuck's sake, screamed Sheriff Young. (sighs) Cindy, can you hear me? You're going to be all right. We've got you. Sweat poured down my brow and my entire body was shaking as we pulled. It was impossible. Every second, Cindy was floating higher and the whining in in Cindy's throat was growing louder and shriller. Cindy Paulson's face was contorting, but Cindy Paulson's body was still paralyzed. (laughs) Cindy Paulson was screaming. Then Mr. and Mrs. Paulson came barging into the room, and they started screaming too. Mrs. Paulson fell to the ground, crying and wailing, and Mr. Paulson helped us pull. (laughs) His face bright red. Oh, he got it together quick. My baby, no, God, please, don't take my Cindy Paulson. Cindy Cindy Roberts Paulson, this isn't funny, young lady. You stop it, you stop it right now, hollered Mr. Paulson, tears and sweat streaming down his face. Sheriff, she's going to hit the ceiling, cried Christian Woods. The whole time, the screaming was getting louder and louder until we could barely hear ourselves think. Then suddenly, it went quiet, muffled. We looked up. Cindy Paulson didn't hit the ceiling. She was going through it. Who was going through it? Cindy Paulson. Oh, yeah, Cindy Paulson was going through it. Mrs. Paulson screamed again, and I still hear it in my dreams. Pure horror and grief and agony. Attic! Sheriff Young ordered. 
so funny he tried to put a quote of a scream <laughs> Attic! <laughs> but I was already on my way as soon as I went up the stairs and opened the attic door I nearly went deaf from Sydney's scream I can still see it Jesus her face half sticking out of the floorboards the wooden planks inside of her mouth I mean inside of Cindy Paulson's screaming mouth Cindy Paulson screamed and screamed and her and Cindy's face was sheet white in less than a minute Cindy Paulson's whole body was inside the attic then Cindy Paulson started melting through the roof I rocketed down the stairs and Mr. Paulson was already racing outside Sheriff Young ordered me to follow Mackie stood dumbfounded the straps in his hands were cut clean through by the time we got outside Cindy Paulson was 10 feet above the house still frozen and screaming she was climbing faster and faster and Mr. Paulson was begging and weeping and cursing the entire time he fell to the ground and clawed at his head in grief the rest of us just stared totally numb as cindy paulson i'm not even making this up he's running this every time rose <laughs> into the sky faster and faster i'm just going to go back to her now until her screaming was gone and she disappeared into the clouds whole thing was over in 10 minutes the weather that day was about 85 degrees fahrenheit but not one of us wasn't shivering like a leaf about an hour later mr and mrs paulson were finally able to talk in complete sentences we sat them outside Sheriff Young barely said a word, staring off into the woods with cigarette in hand, but he was shaking. We all were, like I already said, like five seconds ago. Meanwhile, Mackie <laughs> tried to cover the parents, and Christian Woods was talking or was talking of search and rescue and helicopters and the National Guard. What good would that do? I didn't know. How do you search for a 17-year-old girl who just flew up into the sky? But we were still told. But we still told them we'd do everything we could to find their baby, Sydney Paulson. <laughs> that is until we heard the rain. First, it was slow, steady, a pitter patter on the roof. We ignored it at first. Then it came louder, faster, and we realized it wasn't raining on us all. Uh, uh we realized it. We realized it wasn't raining on us at all, and the skies were mostly clear. Oh God. I turned and looked up. In the exact spot Cindy Paulson had risen up into the sky, a shower of thick, dark blood was pouring from the clouds oh and splattering onto the roof. It fell for about 30 seconds, soaking the tiles and running down the gutters. Then it stopped, and all that was left behind was blood dripping from the roof and the screaming of the Paulsons. <laughs> now, was it dripping from both of those things? I guess. We never found out what happened to Cindy Paulson. I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> Nor did we ever see her again. I think you did. <laughs> Sheriff Young told us never to speak of what happened that summer morning at the Paulson house ever again. Not to anyone for some reason. But I just did. Yeah. Also, what are you doing? Solve the crime. I asked Sheriff Young if this had ever happened before. He didn't answer. I don't think it ever had. I didn't get much sleep that night. Presumably afterwards, he was fine, terrified that I'd wake up and be floating two feet above my bed in the morning. The next morning, when I talked to Mackie, he told me something that stuck with me. Maybe God called Cindy Paulson to heaven, but he didn't like what he saw. <laughs> now, Mackie was a bit of a slow boy, but a good kid, so I didn't know what to think of that. Part of me hopes he was right, because within a month... Both Mr. Paulson and Mrs. Paulson got called to heaven by God for the Paulson house. 
and he didn't like them either. <laughs> the Paulson house has stood empty ever since. Let me check my time. Oh! Wow. <laughs> well. Wowzers. There's a second part. Huh. Which is, oh, and a third. Wow. We have our new guy. Excellent. Good choice. And you will hear more about that next time. Goodbye. Bye.